Welcome to Business Steps Up, a presentation of HIALI, one of the recognized voices in Long Island business. We'll focus on cutting-edge topics important to the Bi-County region and beyond. So sit back, relax, and listen to some of Long Island's most influential business leaders here on Business Steps Up. So good morning again, everybody, and welcome to Funding for Long Island Businesses. I see we have some other people um, that are also streaming in, but we're going to get started because we're only here till 9.30. So welcome again. And I will tell you that this program was a direct result of many of you saying to us, we need to understand the available funding. Actually, Kelly and Kara and I got together one day and began to talk about, um, you know, how could we best help our businesses? Um, There's a lot of great funding out there. And sometimes because there's so much of it all at one time, it can get confusing, right, to a business owner. So we're glad that you all joined us. You know, many of you have told us as our members that we still struggle to fill our talent pipeline. So we have Rosalie who will be talking about um, workforce training funding and some great things coming down the pike. And we'll also be talking about, you know, funding that relates to R&D, that relates to expansion and growth and, and tax incentives. So there's, as I said, a lot out there. Listen, these three ladies are it, I have to tell you. I mean, not only great partners, but um, really tireless advocates for the Long Island business community and for economic development. Um, I'm proud to call them my friends as well. And they're just, when we get together, I'll be honest, we get things done. Right, ladies? I mean, that's how I feel about it. So, um, and these are also three lead agencies. So we're going to hear from Empire State Development. We're going to hear from DOL and obviously Suffolk uh, Industrial Development Agency. All of those agencies are leading the way with economic development, are leading the way with um, really improving our quality of life, quite frankly. So we're going to start with Carol Longworth. She's the Regional Director of Empire State Development. Many of you know her, I'm sure. And, you know, Empire State Development has really led the way in terms of um, these consolidated funding applications, which is a a much easier way for you as a business owner to be able to look at several um, sources of funds and apply in one application, right? Easy, ease of use, which is great. She's also leading the front with the Long Island Regional Economic Development Council. A lot of money has come down the pike. Um, really to Long Island, and we're very, very excited about that. That continues. So I'm going to turn it over to Kara first. Kara? Thank you, Terry. And um, I echo Terry when she says that the the women on this panel uh, are like the leaders in economic development, and Terry more so than any of us uh, heading up your organization. I mean, she's just such a, such a, um, and probably the been doing it the longest compared to all of us, right? But, um, I, you know, I've worked with all of you guys. Uh, Kelly and I go way back to our days in Glen Cove and Rosalie has been such a force with us uh, helping with the workforce development through all my years at ESD. So um, I'm so happy to be on the panel with all of you. Uh, if we were in person, I'd ask to see a show of hands of how many people have never heard of ESD. <laughs> and I'm always shocked when I see that and or are not familiar with the REDC process. And again, I'm always shocked to hear that. So. Um, but hopefully you, everyone here is familiar. If not, I'm going to give you a little primer. As uh, Terry pointed out, ESD is the state's economic development agency, the main arm for economic development. Our mission is really quite simple, to promote a vigorous and growing economy, encourage business growth and investment, job growth, uh, to support local diverse economies. And we do all of this through the efficient use of loans, uh, tax breaks and credits, grants, real estate development. Uh, I'm sure you're all following Penn Station development. 
uh, marketing, MWBE support, technical support. These are all programs that ESD does. We have uh, over 600 jobs on Long in, in the state ESD. It's a big agency. Um, I run uh, the Long Island region, uh, which is Nassau, Suffolk. I have a team of seven people in my office. Uh, all of them are experts in economic development. All you have to do is call our office 631-435-0717. Get anyone on the phone. They'll direct you to, uh, to resources. We are here to help. When I was hired in this job uh, about eight years ago, the, the interviewer said to me, your job is to be the voice of uh, the friendly voice of the state to businesses and to other people. And I take that job, very that role seriously. And I tell my whole staff to be the same, same thing. So if you call our office, you will get assistance. Um, Terry mentioned uh, the, the Regional Economic Development Council and the Consolidated Funding Application, um, which we call the REDC and the CFA. As you know, everything in state government is uh, an acronym of some sort. Uh, in uh, 2011, the then Governor Cuomo created a new, uh, a new way to uh, get economic development money down to uh, the regions. There are 10 regions in New York State. As I said, I run Long Island. These are economic development regions, I should say. And um, they created the Regional Economic Development Councils uh, to help guide where money goes down into the regions. It used to be all funding decisions were made in Albany without with little input from the regions. They wanted to make sure that the regions uh, had some say in, in their strategic plan, how to move the economy forward and where that funding goes. Uh, there's a recognition that economic development in the Finger Lakes or the North Country is very different from New York City or Long Island. So. Um, during this process, we've created the Regional Economic Development Strategic Plan with, with the voices from all over Long Island. Uh, Rosalie's been very helpful, um, helping us with the workforce development strategy. We look at funding in four main phases, placemaking. We help uh, local downtowns uh, develop, um, uh, how, you know, just to, to where, where, where funding goes matters. We need to create uh, better places for people to live and to work. Uh, so we put money into placemaking. We put money into innovation. We support um, our, our colleges and our other institutions. Uh, we support an entrepreneurial assistance. We support um, manufacturing, which I assume many of you on this call are, are in that field, and uh, workforce development. So those are the four main tranches of where we look where we look to put our financing. Now there is uh, no one one size fits all. It's not necessarily formulaic how we assist a business. So as again, I encourage you to call our office and we will help you. But our main sources are um, tax credits, uh, Excelsior tax credits. So if you are a distributor, manufacturer software developer, research and development, financial services, or back office business, and you are expanding and creating jobs, you are eligible for Excelsior tax credits. Um, we also have uh, outright grants. Both of those programs are ongoing throughout the year. We encourage you again to, uh, if you go on, if you if you Google consolidated funding application, it's, it's now an automated application, um, but we still encourage you to call my office and, and we will help you. Um, global, we'd have support for global companies if you're exporting. We have uh, many programs for small businesses. Just last week, the LIA had a big small business program. We talked about all the programs there. Um, and this COVID help, if you're a small business, there's still COVID recovery money. There was $800 million put in last year's budget. There's still funding left for that for small businesses recovering from COVID. There's a new program um, that just is coming online now for, um, I want to get the name right. It's a COVID tax credit. So if you, in, if you had to spend money to uh, make your business COVID friendly in the, in the pandemic, um, you can get uh, up to 50% of the money back for that, whether it's your hand sanitizers or your, 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 your plastic, um, your, your plastic barriers, etc. So that program's online right now. If you go to the ESD website, you'll see that. 
in order to get that credit, you'll have to have that documentation done by the end of the year. So it will show up on your 23 taxes. Um, I Workforce development, Rosalie's gonna talk a little bit more about that um, when she speaks, but we know we've been listening to the companies across the state, across the country. Everybody's has a worker shortage. We know that we're aware of it. Um, the governor put uh, $350 million in the budget this year to support workforce development. They've created a new office of workforce development within ESD. Um, this, you know, there's D Department of Labor, uh, the State Department of Labor, there's Rosalie's Department of Labor that have always been working on uh, worker training this year um, to make sure that industry is aligned with the worker shortage. We, we actually, the governor created a new office of workforce development within Empire State Development. Uh, we are investing money in doing actual research on the ground, find out what each of the industries need. We will be launching um, a, uh, a broad outreach and we're gonna have many meetings and focus groups to talk to all of you in all the different industries and find out what needs, uh, what your needs are and what's, what types of training we can uh, fund to make sure that you have the employees that you need because we do hear that that is the number one issue. So um, I will, when, when we start having those focus groups and those forums, I'll reach out to Terry so she can make sure that you're all aware and can all participate in, in that. Um, I think, I, oh, and if you're an MWBE, if you're a minority woman-owned business, I strongly, strongly encourage you to um, to get certified by New York State. Uh, there is a county certification and a city certification, but um, if you want to get state contracts, you have to be certified at, for the state, and that's through ESD. So if you have any questions about that, please feel free to reach out about that. It is a long process. Uh, don't wait for you to get a contract or bid on a contract to get yourself certified, because that will be too late. It does take upwards of nine months to get certified. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a rig, it's rigorous, but they wanna make sure that, uh, we wanna make sure that the companies that actually get certified really truly are, protects those companies that truly are MWBEs. So it is, it, it is quite, a, quite a process to get certified, but we strongly encourage you to do so if you, if you are eligible. And I spoke a lot, Terry, so I'll move on to uh, Rosalie and Kelly and hopefully we'll have a chance for questions at the end. Yeah, good, I mean, and, and thank Thanks, Kara. So, you know, we've dealt with Empire State Development, as you know, as an organization for years, and even I was surprised at some of the other things coming down the pike. So just, um, and we're going to encourage everybody to put questions in the Q&A on the bottom bar, and we'll, again, get back to that in a little bit. But Kara, can, can you just talk a little bit about, from a CFA standpoint, what the deadlines look like? That's been a big question from our members. Yep. Uh, for for Empire State Development programs, the Excelsior tax credits and the grants, there is no longer a deadline. Um, for some of the other state agencies, the, so the CFA, that's a good point, Terry, that I didn't uh, touch. The consolidated funding application is not just Empire State Development. There's a lot of different uh, state agencies that have some sort of economic development money. And that is why um, we created the CFA and the REDC to align all those programs. So there's parks money, there's marketing money, there's uh, ES, um, uh, Department of Invite, uh, DEC money. There's a whole bunch of different agencies that have uh, always had empires uh, always had economic development type grants and they were all on different schedules and it was confusing uh to anyone applying i mean professional grant writers that themselves sometimes were confused so the state aligned it all uh, most of the programs into one um one consolidated funding application uh online and you can go in there and if you don't know what agency you're applying to the process the the program actually helps you figure out what you want, uh, what you're looking for. Um, but for private businesses, like probably most of the people on this call are, uh, the real the, the real grants are Empire State Development, whether it's grants or Excelsior tax credits. Uh, and that program 
no longer has a deadline. We, we're doing that as of last year, we've been doing it on a rolling basis. It used to be everyone had to apply by the end of July. The awards were back in, uh, in the awards were around early December. And then the following year, you would get, uh, get your award. That didn't really work for businesses. As you all know, you know, if you, you want to expand, you can't wait nine months to do your expansion. You want to do it now, you need to order the equipment. So uh, with COVID and really want, focusing on trying to get money to the street faster, we decided that that just, that didn't work anymore. So ESD grants and Excelsior tax credits, rolling basis, you come, you apply every couple months. Um, you know, we, we gather up whatever's in the portal, we analyze it, we pitch it to our management team and we can make those awards pretty quickly. Okay, great. So I'm a business owner. I'm a little confused as to what types of money I can get. What's the best thing to do? I'm assuming to call you, your staff, yes, to call the office, and yep. someone will walk them through it. Yeah. And call you know us. what? I, I I have to say, Kara, that we're, you know, you mentioned it when you're open. We're very, very lucky to have an agency, particularly on Long Island Empire State Development, and you leading it because, as you said, now the region has a, uh, has a say, right? And Long Island, um, you're pushing for Long Island. So that's really, really important. And uh, I don't just say this because Kara's on the phone for any of you who have any questions, not only is she very knowledgeable, but her whole staff is very knowledgeable. So thank you. We're gonna go to Rosalie just for a quick second. Um, so I don't know who doesn't know Rosalie. I don't know who, who doesn't know all three of you to be quite frank, but Rosalie is a Suffolk County Commissioner of the Department of Labor. She actively works with the HIALI and other agencies and law enforcement and labor unions and educators and really everybody to create um, a much more skilled workforce. Again, we've said more than once, uh, many of us, and we've all felt it, it is difficult to hire and retain and train and do all of that, particularly in this environment, it's difficult. So, you know, her and her team work tirelessly to do that. So Rosie, I'm gonna turn it over to you. I know you have some great programs as well. Thank you. And I'll echo what everybody else said. First of all, amazing group of, of partners and the key to success for you is for us to be working together, which is what we do on your behalf and share information and resources. I wanna echo what, uh, Kara said, I recommend that if you are going to apply for anything to call her office because the team can really go through the best way to, to follow the process and answer questions ahead of time when you're inside the portal trying to fill something out, you just not the time, you know, you want to know that ahead of time. So, but it's a great process and the funding has been tremendous. So I, uh, I want to talk about two things today. Department of Labor Licensing and Consumer Affairs is your local Department of Labor. We are contracted under the state uh, and stewards of federal funds. On our workforce development side, uh, let's. the mission is economically empowering work for all Suffolk County re residents, ready, able, diverse local talent for Suffolk County businesses and equitable growth where our businesses, our, our residents, our unions, our workers all grow simultaneously and that we develop whatever programs we have in partnership with the community, with business and with the workers. So that's that's the framework we operate under. On the job side, we have a business service unit. That's really the driver. So when um, Kara talks about, they will be having workforce development money and, and funding available for businesses around job creation. Um, where our focus is uh, drawing talent to you and getting them ready. So, you know, Kara's focusing and, and ESD focuses on the business side of the economic development. And our focus is to interact with businesses so we can drive the right talent to you. So we have a business service unit, which um, really the most important thing is for you to give us as, as ESD and the rest of us on the call information about what gaps you're seeing in the workforce so that we can then give that information to our education and training division, 
We have funding to train the talent pool that's out there currently and the emerging workforce for the jobs that you have. So these are adults who are transitioning from maybe another field to uh, your field, uh, youth that are choosing work first versus college first as their journey right out of high school. We're providing training funds and we are using local training providers such as Suffolk Community College or Stony Brook or Farmingdale. So we need to know what you need. We will also, because of our federal funding and our requirements under federal law, we focus on the DEIJ population. So we focus recruitment around specific populations, veterans, people with disabilities, low income and minority, um, LGBTQ women. So if you are looking for, as we will often get phone calls, I'd like more women in the electric trades. I'd like to see more of a diverse population entering this field of technology. We are working with 200 community-based organizations. They do the recruiting. We send out the information about the jobs and the skills. They do recruiting for us. So we work with Urban League. We work with Latino Teachers Association. We work with the National Society of Black Engineers to try to find talent and train. So the other thing we'll talk about on the workforce side is that while we're training, getting people ready and recruiting for today, we also wanna make sure we're preparing the youth for tomorrow. So we have a youth program that is providing work, paid work experience and career readiness program. So I highly recommend if you want a sustainable talent pipeline that you take advantage of that program, we pay $15 an hour. So we pay the youth um, and we they can get it really hands-on. So again, this is really great for college first or work first youth. Uh, we want them to go into the college programs if you require a college degree that reflects what you need. So if they get awareness uh, in the high school area between you know, 16 to 18, they go into the right programs. And if they're work first and they've had a chance to get their hands on what you're doing, uh, then they're gonna choose to go work for you. And then we can train them for any additional skills. We also offer contextualized ESL through our partners, BOCES and others. So we know a lot of the production workforce is Spanish speaking and other language speaking. So for folks, um, you know, we've heard from a lot of the warehousing pick and pack that we need to make sure that our talent that we are recruiting for you has um, better English proficiency and digital literacy. So the more we can understand what you need them to know, we can inform the curriculum with our partners. On the other side, I do wanna to touch on that for a second. We're licensing in consumer affairs and we license over 17,000 businesses. We, we have a list of local contractors if you need them for work on site. So I always forget to mention that, Terry, when I'm on the call and I get yelled at later. So if you need a local contractor, we also keep a, you know, a list of you know, local artists if you want art on your walls and soap in your soap dish made by local people. So expand that talent pipeline. And that, that's, that's workforce development too. So uh, I think I touched on everything else. And if you want us to host job fairs, I should just say two things about that. We can host, we've been doing them in the community. It's had, uh, we've done some central ones, but we've noticed a change. So the thing that has been working best, uh, especially given transportation and other barriers is to host them in a community within a two mile radius of your location. And you know we can also do them on Zoom, so. Right. We invite you to join us. I'll put my email and Diane LaChapelle's email in the chat. Yeah, great. And and uh, Rosalie, again, some great services. I mean, you know, what I hear you saying is from the opportunity to develop skilled workers, you are the conduit to all the agencies that really bring it together. So that's important for people on the call to know. Um, and, you know, it's exciting that Suffolk County really understands how important it is to look at a sustainable workforce, too. I think that stat that we use a lot is that by 2025, 75% of our workforce will be 
young professionals. So it's important that, you know, we, we do some things now. So again, same question that we had asked Kara, how do people find out the nitty gritty of the funds that are available for, you know, their current staff and things like that? Are they calling you? Are they emailing you? What is the easiest way to do that? So we, at the moment, it's uh, the, the, we don't do incumbent worker training and, and that is training of existing workers. So that is something that is more ESC focused. Mm -hmm. um, and there are other nonprofits, by the way, like the Workforce Development Institute and a few others that can do incumbent worker training. Our focus is on the recruitment side of it. So I put Diane's email in the chat. You could email Diane and copy me. The best way truly, just as Kara said, you know, our job as public service agencies is to help you navigate this delightful system. So <laughs> well-intended and delightful system. So uh, an individual call to understand your needs, right? And I'll just give a quick example. We have an auto dealer that called us um, and they are also a union auto dealer. So between the auto dealer and they have a, you know, a, a whole host of auto dealers and the UAW, they have a shortage of workers. So we sat and talked about the fact that you know we can do a recruitment for youth they're going to take summer youth at age 18 to come and learn the trade they're going to take they want to do a targeted recruitment for women they want to do and bosis is currently doing small engine repair in the jail and so we're going to expand that and have them come out with small engine with larger engine repair right so and the employer said what do you need like i have extra cars can we do transportation and give someone a job to drive people to the training so we're going to fund the training. They're going to do, you know, work experience, and they're going to inform the curriculum. So we have we, we've done that for manufacturing and healthcare, and so that's that's the way we work together. And if we are recruiting a cohort, and that you know we say we need, like I said, English language, this tech, you know, this technology, some digital literacy skills, some professional skills, we'll tailor that to the employer. So that's why, as as with Kara, a, a call, right, to understand what specifically is needed is we'll come up with solutions that we wouldn't come up with with just, you know, an email. And a... Okay, great. And you know what, um, Kelly, before we get to you, because I do see we have some questions that are, look like they're very specific to Kara and Rosalie. I'm just going to take two of them, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Quickly. So the first is, looks like it's from Alex Charles. So he's asking, are there programs for purchasing a business, which we talked to, you touched on looking for mortgage and business purchase purchase assistance as well as help with upgrading the business to comply with current rules regulations covid compliance and fda regulations so does someone want to take that uh, so not programs for purchasing a business is, yeah is well, actually kelly will probably want to <laughs> uh, oh, okay i'm in there so just and i'll just lead off lead off by saying that um the industrial development agency and ESD and the energy companies all uh, play a role in economic development and assisting companies, and we work together. Uh, we don't we don't compete. We don't we actually our programs actually complement each other. So the actual purchase, I'll let Kelly talk about, and then any sort of expansion um, and upgrading, we could we could help at ESD. Okay, good. So Kelly, before you answer it, because I know Rosalie has to hop off in a few minutes, so let me just um, see because we do have some questions here. That I love Steve's question. Yeah. Yes. So that question is for you, it looks like, Rosalie. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to read it. Is that okay, Terry? Yeah, he says yeah. we have a 40 year machine shop in Medford. We have work. We can get more work and we're struggling to find machinists and training. Um, so I, here's what we can do. We let's have a call. I mean, I put my email in the chat. 
but we need to sit down and understand who you want to hire, what you want to hire, what you want to train for. What we have been doing, um, Suffolk Community College has a machinist program. It's an excellent machinist program. Um, and you, they can, you, know, you can create a state registered apprenticeship and, and that program will be paid for and we can pay participants. So one of the challenges is that the people who need the work the most can't leave their jobs <laughs> to go get training and get a new job. So we can provide paid training. So what I would just recommend we do is we sit down with you, understand the skills you need. We can do a recruitment where, because remember we can only pay for people who are not employed yet. We can do recruitment for you. You can pre-screen those candidates to see if they're, they meet you know, sort of the right attitude and aptitude. And then we can put them through, if they're work ready, we'll, we'll put them directly on the floor. If they need some time and some training, um, they can go through a program like the one at Suffolk Community College that can be paid for by us or through an apprenticeship program grant at CUNY, and then we can give them paid work experience. So it's it's doable. We have to take a targeted approach within a, you know, look at the, the geography and also get the key to that is our community-based partners. So we need to, I just would look at who our uh, community-based organization partners are in Medford, and we would all sit together and come up with a custom hiring plan for you. All right, great. And I see that many of you are asking for um, all the ladies' phone numbers and contact. We will make sure at the end of the program, they repeat it, number one, and we will email it out to everyone who is on this call. So you will get that contact information. It looks like, Rosalie, the other question here that, uh, well, there's quite a few of them, but that relates uh, to what you do is someone had asked about training for the trade and, and HVAC. And again, um so Suffolk has a program for HVAC. I think BOSIS is not on, and I think they may have a program for HVAC. I know that Suffolk does. And so again, it's it's if you're talking about incumbent workers that work for you already, then you want to, you know, we would talk to ESD about that. If you're talking about recruiting folks with HVAC capability, you're going to reach out to Suffolk Community College, John Lombardo or Laura um, Galetta for existing talent that's coming out of the school. And their program, by the way, if you just go to their classes, this is the best thing you can do, is go to the classes. John Lombardo and Laura taught me well. Go to the classes and speak to the classes about the job opportunity you have while they're in class. Because most of those folks get plucked out of the class before they even graduate. So you want to go into the schools right. to get those programs. Right. And if you have employees that you think would be good for those roles that want to be trained, then again, if you do a state registered apprenticeship, the state will pay for the training at one of our colleges. All right, great. And Rosalie, um, is there is there funding? Someone's asking, is there funding for independent consultants? Um, we know? Not through us, but through one of our partners. So that's, again, where I would sit down, try to understand what that need is, and then we would sit with um, the company and a consultant and we'd find like a you know if there's a nonprofit or maybe I don't know Kara if that if consulting will be part of some of the funds you have now or in the future that that might be something we put in the recommendations. Yeah I'm not sure I understand the question consulting for training. I guess a consultant so I'm guessing you mean and I'm not sure um back in the day this is dating my time here apparently um when someone like in manufacturing when lift was in place um you could have you could there was funding to pay for consultants i'm not sure if this is what the question is to come in and do an assessment of needs or to oversee um on-site training or lean manufacturing i'm not sure if that's the question but there used to be funding available for that that might be the mep actually yeah so uh, yeah. yeah if you're manu if it's a manufacturing related or even 
semi-manufacturing related uh, because warehousing is under, I think, under the manufacturing needs code. Um, the local MEP at Stony Brook probably has money for the consultant. That's when I'm remembering yes. more digging. Yes, the, the person asking this question is saying, yes, Rosalie, that's it. You hit you hit the nail on the head, so thank you. Um, so, Rosalie, I, I know you have to scoot off, right? I'll be back. I'll be on for a few more minutes, then I'll be back. I, I'll be listening. I, okay. I have a child that has to get to the box. But just in case, you put your contact information right yep, in. Yep, and I'm going to drop it. I dropped it in the chat, but I'll drop it in the Q&A, too. Okay, perfect. I'll be back. So Kelly, just let's go to you and then we're going to get back to, I know there's some more questions. Um, so, you know, the the Suffolk Industrial Development Agency for the HIALI, I mean, not only has been a valued partner, but Kelly and I have worked very, very closely. And it was really Kelly's brainchild for the sustainability study in this park, in the Long Island Innovation Park at Hop Hog. So the Suffolk IDA has done an exorbitant amount of work really helping the expansion in this park, so we thank you for that. And have they have some very creative programs um, just to help your businesses in general. So I'm gonna turn it over to Kelly. And it looks like, Kelly, you have some questions here too, but we'll, you'll probably answer a lot of them as you speak. Yes, I would imagine yeah. so. All right, good. Great, so good morning. Um, also like to echo what a privilege and honor it is to work with the women on this panel. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious that um, not only do we work together and, and try to solve problems uh, for the region, but we're also very dedicated to getting the word out, getting the resources out, um, which is which is how we came to be here this morning. Um, so I, I just wanted to echo those sentiments. So like Kara, I always like to start out with a little bit of a primer about what IDAs are and what we do. Um, we are public benefit agencies. There are over 100 in New York State. There are five here in the county, um, Brookhaven, Islip, Riverhead, Babylon, and the Suffolk IDA. So we generally operate outside of the borders of those towns. Uh, there are occasions when we will venture into those towns, but um, like the folks on this call, we work together as partners. So if you're working with Brookhaven or Islip, there wouldn't be any reason for you to give us a call. Um, so just wanted to start with that. And, and it's kind of a misconception out in the public that, that we compete, but we absolutely do not uh, under any circumstance. So. Um, IDAs, and I, and I like to kind of go through this, IDAs were created to actively promote, encourage, and attract, develop job and recreational opportunities and economically sound commerce industry. Our mission is really simple. It's to create jobs and grow the economy. Um, so we do that by assisting companies that are looking to remain, uh, expand, or, or move into the county. And so we offer, uh, several different financial incentives for companies to do that, or that have a financial need in order to expand or grow. Um, the types of industry we help are generally manufacturing, distribution, R&D, uh, warehousing. Um, we have recently expanded more, many of the IDAs on the island are, are working with energy projects, uh, multifamily housing, which is a tremendous need uh, which is a commercial purpose when it comes to IDAs. Um, we have worked very closely with those folks uh, because everybody knows the cost of doing business on Long Island is uh, very challenging. Um, so we work together with CARA, ESD, and the utility companies, as she mentioned, uh, National Grid, PSE&G, um, to pro 
provide or present a full suite of benefits to clients looking to engage in these activities. Um, so the one particular area that, that we are not permitted to venture into is retail. Uh, and retail is broadly defined in New York State as anywhere a person can enter in and obtain a good or a service. There are certainly some ex exceptions or exemptions, um, you know, when they're proven to be a tourist destination or when those goods or services are not readily available, um, you know, that is certainly something that we could then look at. Um, let's see what else we want to talk about. So we are transaction-based, so we are funded by our clients. Um, the types of benefits that we offer, um, there are three in general that we like to focus on. The first one, when you're purchasing a building, is a mortgage recording tax. That tax in Suffolk County currently is 1.05%, and we can exempt up to 0.75% of that. Uh, the remaining 0.3, uh, New York State holds on to as the MTA tax. Um, the next one is a sales tax exemption, and that can be utilized during the construction or renovation of your project. And it's generally FF and E, furnitures, fixtures, and equipment. Um, so I like to describe it as it's uh, the actual printer, but not the paper or the ink. So, and, and when it comes to the construction and you get a cost for renovation or for construction, usually half of that is labor and the other half is materials. So we can exempt just the material portion of that. And for many businesses that turns out to be um, uh, very helpful financially for a project feasibility. Um, and the last one and the one that's most popular is a property tax abatement, also known as a pilot, a payment in lieu of taxes. Um, I think this is the most misunderstood of the financial benefit that we offer. Um, so I like to always spend a little bit more time going through that. So um, Generally, uh, what we are able to do is phase in the increase in assessed value of a project over a 10, 10 or 15 year time period. Um, that is determined by the number of jobs that you are creating and the private capital investment that you are making in the county. Um, it never means that it's, it's less than what's being paid on a property for, for new construction. Um, if there's a land tax that remains the same, uh, so again, that future assessed value is phased in over, over a period of time. And usually the savings, uh, the overall savings for the client is about 27, 28%. I think oftentimes people hear pilots and they're like, well, they're not paying any taxes. Um, that's not the case at all. And in many instances, uh, the increase in, in, um, in value to that land um, contributes to the school districts and the local taxing jurisdictions in a really positive way. Um, so I like to help people look at it from a global perspective. It also creates a multiplier effect. So, you know, when, when businesses are growing and when you're adding jobs, um, more people are spending money in the downtowns, at the restaurants, at the delis, at the dry cleaners, they're buying homes, they're renting apartments. So, you know, it's, it's adding to the, uh, you know, the overall health of the municipality. Um, let's see, very, very important um, is to talk to us sooner rather than later. 
we operate under a but for clause. So, but for the assistance of the IDA, you would not have the financial wherewithal to proceed with your project. Um, so we encourage you to give us a call, um, just like Kara had said, and, and they operate under the same premise. Um, and we work very closely together. Kara and I, our programs are, are very much in line. Um, so when folks come to us, it's my first question is whether or not they've reached out to ESD. Um, we'll do introductions. I, I, quite frankly, honestly, what we generally do is go as a team. Um, so when I get a call from a client, uh, I'll call Kara, I'll call the utilities, and you know we all go together so we can present all those benefits at one time and you know government liaisons and it's it, you know it's a really efficient, effective way to help companies through this process because let's face it it's it's a certain amount of paperwork um, and there is a time sensitivity to how things go and and who comes first. I like to have them go through Kara's process and when they're done with that, then I take them through mine. And then we call Rosalie and, and find out what their training needs are. So it can be somewhat overwhelming, which is why we try to parse that out on a time basis. So um, we are easily reachable. Um, professional economic developers, happy to help anybody at any time. The best way is to call us and ask. And frequently, if, if you don't qualify for our programs, we can all, all, often put you in touch with some of the, the SBAs, uh, the small business associations and loans uh, with some of CARA's programs. You know, there, there are a lot of things out there. And I think that's what propagated, you know, this discussion this morning, especially with the state, just overwhelmingly coming out with so many really terrific programs that uh, it's, it's really important to get the word out. So I know we have several people on the call this morning, but I would encourage you to reach out to your networks as well and let them know about our discussion this morning and, and encourage them to give us a call. Um, and I think that's it. Again, happy to answer questions um, and happy to be here this morning. Thanks, Terry. Great. Oh, thanks, Kelly. And you do have a couple of questions, so let me read them off. Um, okay. So one of them is asking about, is the entertainment industry including, included within the IDA benefits, theaters, movie houses, concert halls, et cetera? Unfortunately, they are primarily considered uh, retail. Um, I do know through the state um, that there are several, Kara, maybe you can speak to it, there's several COVID programs that have been really beneficial to um, the entertainment industry. Our, one of our clients is uh, in Northport, the owners of the John Engman Theater, and they are recently building a hotel, which we were able to induce. And they have been hugely successful in availing themselves of all of the COVID programs. And, and they, quite frankly, said that they would not have been able to stay open with that, but for those programs. And uh, kept every single staff member working throughout COVID. And uh, now folks are back in the theater. So I don't know, Karen, is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I think that that was uh, mostly the shuttered venues, right? Um, which was a federal program. Um, I see, right. There is, I believe, this for the COVID recovery, uh, the state does have a restaurant return to work credit. So if you come, and that's up to $5,000 per new worker hired. Um, but it, it's the um, the theater, the musical and theater tax credit is uh, restricted to New York City, uh, New York State. But but I said the shuttered venue uh, that Senator Schumer was so um, so integral in getting that money, that funding to Long Island, uh, for, to New York. Uh, I know that that's where they were getting that money, the shuttered venue. 
Okay, great. And that was a question from Alex Charles. So Alex, I would recommend that you contact Kara's office to find out a little bit more about, again, what, what they can do and what they can't do. They're also asking about restaurants and hotels, really, we, we just dealt with, but restaurants in particular, where do they fit within this? Is there any funding, additional funding that restaurants can get? So the one thing I just want to point out that I thought of when Kelly was talking, um, and um, it's really important for both her pro the IDA programs and the state programs, we have what's called a but-for clause. Um, so like you have to start talk to us before you start your project. You can't take any steps. Like if you're already here, um, if you've already started your project, we're actually precluded by law to help you because we have to be able to prove that um, but for the state or, or county assistance, you wouldn't be here. Um, so, so that's really important to come early before you start your project and talk to us. Um, both, both so Kelly contacting you then first. Yes, should yes. be a first contact. Yep. Oh, that's great yep. to know. Or Kelly, Kelly, or I will bring right. the others in. Um, and also, the states also um, we don't do retail and restaurants or professional offices. Um, if you're here because this is where your 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 business is, because this is you know that's not uh, we we don't so restaurants are considered. Um, or is a form of retail. We don't do hotels either. I know Kelly, I know the the um, uh, the um, IDA can help uh, help uh, hotel. Uh, the state does not. ESD does not generally, unless it's a really tourism-based hotel, like in some of the areas in upstate New York. Um, but we do with COVID. We do have the restaurant return to work credit. So uh, if you're you know bringing employees back after COVID, you can um, you can get assistance through that program. But otherwise, restaurants no. Okay. Someone's asking about nonprofit. So, from a nonprofit, um, are nonprofit organizations eligible for capital improvement funding? Yes. That's <laughs> the great news. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, obviously, obviously not the excelsior tax credits because right. you know you're not. Uh, but yes, uh, depending on they're eligible. You know, depending on what the program is, or you know, we we do we've done several grants for several not for profits. We've done theaters. You know, I shouldn't say that we have done capital grants when we talked about theaters before opening new theaters. There was um, we have assisted uh, Broadway theaters, uh, like uh, not Broadway, but theaters uh, on Long Island uh, downtown theaters. Um, and right now, I think uh, the Suffolk Theater is looking for money through the DR, the downtown revitalization program. So um, if there's a tourism based theater, like not a movie theater, but like a tourism based live theater, uh, we have we have offered assistance to them in the past with grants. OK, great. So, Kelly, for you, are there upstate IDAs? This person is looking um, at a business near Woodbury Commons by the outlets upstate. Yes, there are. There are um, IDAs throughout the state. I'm not quite sure what county that is, but we could easily determine that. Okay. Um, so we can and, that's the, and that's the Mid-Hudson uh, ESD regional office. So um, reach out to the uh, ESD office in the Mid-Hudson region. Okay. And then this next question is, are there available monies for expanding business? So Kelly, um, yeah. know, right? And uh, sustainable monies and construction monies. And can you get a little bit more detailed about that, Cal? Sure. So if a company is looking to expand their business um, and has a budget, I would say generally because of the transaction council and costs, that if that budget exceeds $2 million, then it is beneficial to come and talk to us because any renovation as a transaction-based agency, um, anytime you're either purchasing, leasing, or altering the, the building itself, it gives us the opportunity to come into the transaction and, and induce that or provide those benefits. 
And so those the benefits we'd be looking at would be all of the three that I discussed, probably not mortgage recording tax, presuming that you already own the building. So if you're expanding, um, you know, you, you're going to have an increased assessed value uh, as a result of that. So that's that pilot payment that we talked about. We can have a look at that, as well as the sales tax exemption on the materials for the construction and renovation. Great. We also also come to ESD for an expansion. I mean, if there's if there's jobs associated with that expansion, uh, you're eligible for grants and tax credits. Great. So uh, someone's asking, is there something training providers can do to better support the companies requesting new worker training or new talent pipeline? Rosalie's back just in town. <laughs> just in town. Literally ran from the bus stop. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things we could hope. I mean. The state just did a great um, survey that they released yesterday, talking about what the skills gaps are and the and you know what's what are the challenges. I think the key thing would be to host some forums with employers and education and training providers by industry, right? So now that we have some of that data that the state did, I think maybe the next thing we could do as a group is host a forum with the education and training providers and the employers. The other thing I would say, and, and we could talk do this in the forum, is that we all rely on the data that you post in your jobs. So when you post a job posting, we use aggregators, indeed, and all the others, we use aggregators, the state and local DOL use an aggregator that takes everything you've posted online. And then those aggregators and the, the colleges and educational institutions use them too. So you know what you put in that job application is part of what we you know that online posting is part of what we use to determine so if you are listing your skills accurately your credentials sometimes i'll you know i'll have somebody when i do a you know individual call with an employer they'll say we don't require a degree we're fine with a certificate course but the actual job posting says degree required and so right so i you know i think if we hosted a forum based on industry with the training providers and we can get all the colleges in the room. And also, honestly, the curriculum folks from the high school level that are working on work-based learning curriculum, we could put them on a call based on industry, happy to facilitate because we work with the work-based learning coordinators and the colleges. And you know, when you guys have the businesses, right? Um, so we could just host those together and have a forum. I mean, I don't wanna do another survey. I think a conversation would be good because then that's part of Kara, you know, I know, I don't know if you talked about it while I was gone, but in the regional strategic plan for workforce development, that could be part of what informs that plan too. So I'd be yeah, happy I think, to- Yeah, Rosalie, just to pipe in, I think that's exactly what we are going to be doing. So um, I tried to touch on a little bit, it's, but, but this year our full focus is workforce development. We know that is the biggest challenge facing, facing uh, the businesses, um, you know, and it's not unique to Long Island, it's across the state, it's across the country. Um, so we, as, as Rosalie said, uh, ESD and DOL, State DOL put out a survey, which I know Terry sent out to all of you and uh, many of you responded. I think we had double or triple the amount of responses than we did last year. So that was great because right now we're tasked uh, in this first phase of our strategic plan this year to come up with a baseline of, um, you know, what are the skills needed? What are the most open jobs? What are the, the communities that we're trying to uh, employ? Who, who's the underserved? employee in this work in this area and what are the wraparound services needed um and then we're going to take that information and then a lot of that came from that that uh that survey that we went out statewide 
And we're going to report on that by the end of July. And then we're going to be bringing in uh, a, a professional consulting firm, uh, each the states giving each region a consulting firm to have just those forums, uh, I, I, Rosalie, and more. The idea is to really get industry, employees, and the, the state um, and, uh, and the educators all talking together, all figuring out what's needed. What programs do we need? How do we get people back to work, companies, employees that they need uh, and the wraparound services for those employees. So uh, I think Rosalie just marked that as one forum, like what you just talked about. You know, I think we'll, we'll have the ability to really um, make this what specific for Long Island, how we need, what forums we need, how we need them. Um, so I, that, that communication, I think, um, and that's why the governor put uh, so much money in ESD's Office of Workforce Development, because we need industry to speak to uh, business, to speak to the workforce development issue. We, we, just need, we need to know what industry needs and we need to make sure the educators and the trainers are aware of what industry needs. Yeah, great. Well needed, as we all know, right? All of us talk about this. Kara, um, just tell us again that timeline you said. There was uh, we'll, be working, we'll, we'll be working on that uh, later this summer and into the early fall. Okay. Um, you know, and when, once we have a schedule of, you know, when these forums are and what, you know, we'll be working very closely with Rosalie and I know this, uh, several of the, uh, my workforce development work group members on this call, uh, all the colleges, BOCES, high schools, training programs, um, you know, we, we worked with all of them. We have a very robust workforce development work group as part of the REDC. They work very hard, headed up by Phil Vigil and John Durso. Um, and, and Rosalie's been uh, so important and, and the State Department of Labor and, and so, so many people have been working with us and will help us create what that strategic plan for the next couple months looks like and how we can really become, uh, re really meet the needs of everybody. Great. And I will tell you, we have someone from the HIALI, Rita Stefano, representing us on that work group. And she just said to me the other day, she's she's on the back end. Hi, Rita. I know you can't speak, but I know you're she's back. She's also on our board. Yeah. And, um, and she's uh, really excited about what's going to come down the pike, Carol, with this uh, work. Really, really excited. So, sorry, well, there's a question about hospitality. Did you answer that already or should I answer? Talked about it, but why don't you? Yes, the latest. I, um, I did post it, but I just wanted to say we do, to, you know, I, as I said, uh, training contextualized to industry, we fund that, but it's through our pro college partners. We're BOCES, so BOCES, St. Joseph's, Suffolk Community College would recommend the same thing that you go recruit from, you know, from the class specifically of graduates if you're looking for that. Um, but we did, I will also say in, with our partners, um, uh, the Hampton Bay School that Lars created a program that we funded. Uh, and this is the kind of thing when we talk about partnership work on the pipeline that works. It was a, a, a several week class for adults. They also did a youth component. So Hampton Bay's created a program where there's a youth component in the high school getting hospitality training that was designed by an employer, Canoe Place Inn. And uh, training, the curriculum was at St. Joseph's. So while they're in high school, they got uh, credits towards college. And we paid for the pilot for that, or I paid, I paid for the pilot when I was at my previous job. And he just did an adult cohort. And the distinction there was provided transportation, provided a meal, provided live translation, and childcare. So, and, and everyone got a resume and job, you know, interview skills training and interviewed for jobs and people were hired on the spot. So that's the kind of collaboration it takes, right? And the full other supports, transport, childcare, language, right? Um, and we paid people to attend those training because those were people in other low wage jobs that couldn't afford to leave their job to attend a training. 
So we just took, we removed all the barriers and those folks are now working at Canoeing and other uh, East End businesses. So right. you know, we can do that for any industry. Right. So, um, so listen, what, what we are all hearing is that there is money out there to give out. And as a business, you need money. So we're encouraging you really to get in contact with not only these ladies, but their agencies. And yes, we will follow up with contact information for all of them. Um, and the money is now, right? So there's the good news because not only do you need it, but um, we're hoping that by doing things like that, this for our members, that it less complicates it. Not that it's complicated, but I mean, Kelly said before that, you know, it's where do I apply and what's the deadline and what's it for and, and all of those questions that you have. And and these are the gals who can really answer those questions. So I'm going to ask each of you before we end, let me just see, we have any, I see one more question came in. Let me, oh, it's Rita that's saying this panel is wonderful and I look forward to working with them in very aggressive initiatives. So thank you, Rita. Um, um, I'm going to ask each of you just in closing to give out contact information again. And again, we will email it out for everybody who doesn't get it. And just some parting words. So, Carrie, you want to start? Sure. Um, so, I think my Denise Zanny's on in the chat room or in the question and answer. And she did post our email um, and our phone number again. So, check that out. Uh, but it's uh, lirdc at esd.ny.gov. Um, phone number 631-435-0717. I know I speak very quickly, but it is to, it is posted in there. So look for that. I also want to say every two weeks, um, we have what we call our virtual office hours. We when we, before COVID, we actually did them uh, in our office in our in our room. You could just walk in and ask for help. Um, but right now we're doing them virtually. The, we have one at ten o'clock today. Um, and Denise also posted the contact information for that but she told me also you go on to um uh, uh i guess you just go into the uh, lirdc website and you could see you could there's a zoom information there to get into um into uh office hours and and you know you can call us at any time but we have found the office hours are interesting because when there's a group of people like this mm -hmm. uh asking questions it kind of spurs other people's questions so you're welcome to join us in our office hours um or call like i said call our office at any time um, but speak to us in the very beginning i can't stress that enough um you know once a, once your project has started once you've signed contracts um it's unfortunately too late for the state to assist because um you can no longer satisfy that uh, that but for clause um so call us when as soon as you know what your issues are and like rosalie pointed out earlier or kelly did or maybe both of you if we can't immediately help you we can find someone who can you know we can refer you we have uh the state uh, esd supports the entrepreneurial assistance program uh at uh hofstra and uh suffolk county uh the the small business association has the supports the small business development centers um these are these are free services to small businesses. Uh, they're they're amazing, and they are there. They are funded by the state and the federal government to assist small businesses. There's a lot of programs out there um, for small businesses. So uh, if you can't go there, uh, Cynthia Cologne, I believe, is on. She's at, from our MEP program at Stony Brook, the Manufacturing Extension Program. That's also to help small companies. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of assistance out there, and it only takes getting in touch with one of us uh, for us to send you, if if not us, to send you to the appropriate person that can help you. All right, great. Thank you. How about you, Rosalie? Um, again, I think that, you know, I, I'm going to steal your office hours, virtual office hours idea, Kara. Um, 
I, I think the main thing is that um, we need to customize solutions based on what you're looking for and what the challenges are either to the unique to the business or the geography where you're located. So the best thing we could do is set up a call and then, you know, just know that we share whatever we learn with the partners on this call and other partners on a regular basis. So we'll bring folks in, but we're also all looking at these challenges that you're facing together, right? And know that you're heard. Absolutely. Cal? Great. So I also put uh, my email and uh, office number into the chat, but I know you'll be receiving that. But I would also encourage people to go to our website. Um, that's SuffolkIDA.org. Um, we have a lot of information on the website about our partners. Um, we have testimonials on there of folks that have worked with us. And, you know, really important to say, as Kara did, to get in touch with us uh, early and often. Um, you know, well before any contracts, it, you know, even if it's a year or two or three away, um, even better because we can inspire and inform you as to what, you know, you would be looking at down the road and then you have a lot more time to reach out to the partners on this call. Um, but uh, I don't know, just uh, again, call us. Um, we're available the the office number comes to us whether or not we are working hybrid in the office or outside so um please reach out to us and uh let us help you great you know and you said um these agencies are really leading the way in economic development so we can't stress enough how important it is to reach out to them and i know i've said it over and over again but they have funds to give you right they just need to know um and you know rosalie said it before uh, it's a customized approach right so they're there to answer any questions so we appreciate it we're recording this so everybody knows you will get an email not only with contact information again but with a link to the recording so you absolutely can watch it again if you'd like or send it to other people um with some of this critical information and we appreciate you all being on the call thank you ladies very much for everything that you do on a daily basis as well and you as well, Terry. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Business Steps Up is a production of HIALI, one of the recognized voices for business on Long Island and a powerful voice and economic engine for regional development. Check back for more interesting, thought-provoking episodes with some of Long Island's most influential business leaders. For more information, call us at 631-543-5355 or log on to hia-li.org.